Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, August 23rd, 2019. Today, we are reading from the big book. We're in Chapter 4, and we're on page 50, the first paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Matt M., for the 12 traditions, Madeline R., and reading the text are Susan H., Lauren N., and Barbara E. The reference numbers for Thursday, August 22nd, are for the 7 a.m., 13309, that's 13,309, and for the 10 a.m. are 13,311, that's 13311. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Matt M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Kitty. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Compulsive Overeater. Here are the steps of adapted for Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves to restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, and then it's a God to ourselves and to another human being in that nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so and injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought the prayer meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Okay. Thank you, Matt. And I will now ask Madeline R. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Madeline R., recovered in Pennsylvania. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. 
Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I'll pass. Thank you, Madeline. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 50, the first paragraph. Instead, we looked at the human defects. And I will ask Susan H. to begin reading. Star one, Susan. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> this okay. Is, this is good morning. This is Susan H. Um, from Ohio, and I'm grateful to be here. Instead, we looked at the human defects of these people and sometimes used their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. We talked of intolerance. While we were intolerant ourselves, we missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. I've, um, intolerant, really, that, that was so me, and, and, and it still comes up because I'm human, and I, I have found a way of life that is so much more loving it's easier for me to not get wrapped up in the ugliness of some of the trees. Um, 
I have a sick man's prayer that helps me with that. And uh, I can see in my conversations how, boy, that's that's different than, than I used to, than, than my, my conversations used to be about the ugliness of the trees. <laughs> and uh, I choose not to live that way anymore because um, I've been shown I've been shown um, unwavering love, unconditional love. And if I just keep my eyes open, I have that. My higher power has put that in me to share with others. Um, Yeah, being intolerant ourselves, and missing the reality of the beauty of the forest is what really stuck out to me today. And uh, I'm so grateful that my life has changed. I'm so grateful that I'm not spending, wasting my time judging the world and judging you know, every, every religion. I just had no, no use for it. And... Uh, I'm I'm glad I found a different way to live. I'm grateful and thank you for giving me a chance to be of service. I pass. Thank you, Susan. Okay, so we're on page 50, um, the first paragraph. Instead, we looked at the human defects. And if you haven't shared in the last day or two, please give me your first name and the first initial of your last name. I W C. Beth W. 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 Beth Beth W. 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 Beth Irene, Irene, okay. And it was Laura W. Oh, it was Laura W. I didn't think it was Leah W. Okay, great, Laura. Okay, and then Barbara E. and Amanda B. So let's start with Laura W. followed by Beth W. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Thanks so much. This is Laura W. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, anorexic, and exercise bulimic in South Jersey. And I've I've loved listening to everybody share. Um, Can I be heard? Yes, I hear you fine. Okay, sorry. I I heard somebody in the background. I've loved listening to everybody share over the past few weeks. And, um, you know, we've talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. And that sentence, that's a pretty harsh sentence. You know, I, I, uh, in the disease, I was so intolerant of others. I was always pointing the finger at people, judging people, um, walking around in this state of egocentricity and, and selfishness and, um, self-seeking, always, you know, I was going to be friends with you if you could give me what I wanted. Um, I played God. I didn't think God was the, the, the reason and the solution to, to anything, let alone what I was doing to my body. Yet, you know, I'm told 
this book back and forth this this is the hand of god reaching out to me i believe and and um the book tells me make make use of what re, um be quick to see where religious people are right make use of what they offer and not necessarily religious people but spiritual people you know people who look at the spiritual side of life people who um uh, i never gave that spiritual side of life a fair a fair hearing like it said for me today, um, there is no doubt in my mind that God is the meaning of it all. Um, I'm standing here alive, healthy, going on almost 15 years of recovery in September, and I could not get one day of abstinence. I could not get one day where I wasn't starving myself, binging, purging through exercise. So I just want to share the hope out there. I just want to share the hope that's in the 12 steps. The hope is not in my own self-will. It's not in any diet plan, and it's not in any pay and weight. I mean, that's my experience. Um, I tried everything. It's not, in, it's not even in my sponsor. You know, I, I love what people share on the line. If, if I'm willing to recover, Bill and Bob can come back from the dead. And I mean, if I'm, if I'm not willing to recover, Bill and Bob can come back from the dead and I still won't recover. But if I am willing to recover, I could be sponsored by, you know, uh, by the fly flying around the room. It's, it's, about, it's about action. It's about willingness. And, to, and for me to stop looking at other people's human defects, because whatever I see in other people that bother me, you know, I've got to admit, that's in myself too. So, um, you know, not to, not to have contempt prior to investigation. Be, be open-minded. Be willing. And that's what I have to work on every single day. Um, patient, tolerant, love, and kindness. And, and it works. It really does. Thanks for letting me share. Bless everyone. Thank you, Laura. And now we'll have Beth W. followed by Vinny T. Hi, this is Beth W. from North Dakota. Um, can I be heard? I'm assuming I can. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, thanks. Um, I am in the most beautiful place on the earth this morning, which is northern Minnesota, looking at Pelican Lake. And... Um, I'm so grateful I called into the meeting this morning. I almost didn't um, because I love to just sit and look at the water. And instead, I decided to do what I do every day, which is to call into the meeting. And this paragraph hit me um, like I just was smacked upside the head with a two-by-four. And um, I've been living this paragraph um, for... um, the last year or two, maybe even in maybe even in recovery, um, we never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. I've been living in intolerance, um, even as um, someone who is sober and abstinent. I um, am missing the beauty and reality of of life, um, and it took me coming out to the lake again to see it. It. Um, I wanted to throw away a whole human being because I just am completely intolerant of her instead of looking for what is good in her. And and it's not just another person, it's me too. I'd like to throw away all of me because I'm intolerant of some of my defects. And and it's hard to see the beauty in, in other people when I can't see the beauty in myself either. And so... Um, boy, I needed to um, I needed to hear this paragraph, or I needed to hear the share. I needed, and I'm going to keep listening. 
and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna restart my day after this call is done. That is that this uh, meeting is finished, and and I'm gonna restart it with God and um, this the beauty of this earth, which is um, which I find here at Pelican Lake in Minnesota. And uh, I'm so grateful you all are on the line today, and I'll pass. Thank you, Beth. Okay, Benny T, it's your turn, followed by Irene B. Uh, thank you. This is Vinny T. Am I being heard? Yes. Uh, uh, Vinny T. Recovered in North Carolina. Um, basically, I was intolerant of myself, and had I not, you know, recovered through the twelve steps, I would not have seen the true beauty that has been in my life all along. And for that, I will be eternally grateful. Thank you. I pass. Okay. Uh, Irene, go ahead, please, followed by Barbara E. Hi, good morning. This is Irene Lee, uh, very gratefully recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm so glad I get to share on this because I get to speak my truth and be honest. And intolerance is what really hit me. And um, I think intolerance is is what has contributed, one of the many things that has contributed to, to staying sick for so long. And I just thank God that, that he took mercy on me and that he delivered me. But intolerance and judgmentalness is such a bad, bad combination. And for me, I applied it to myself more than anything. But when it came to religious people, once I decided that what God wasn't doing for me what I wanted him to do the way that I wanted him to do it, it's like if somebody wanted to talk to me about God, it's like, oh, my reaction was just so intolerant. You know, I just wanted them to leave me alone. I don't want anything to do with you. You claim this and that and the other, but the reality is, that you don't have anything to offer me. I'm doing fine on my own. Thank you very much. I can count on me. I will take care of myself. I will find my own answers. Thank you very much. Just totally close my mind or rejected the things that were being said to me at times because they didn't coincide with my view of the world. And my view was the absolute truth. I had no tolerance for a view other than mine because I was right and they were wrong and it's just all wrong. And I just thank God for desperation that got me out of my intolerance and instead into a willingness to hear the only source of hope left. I tried everything and nothing had worked. And getting there has been a journey. 
and I'm just grateful that this program is changing my mind. It's helping God help me change my mind, the way I see things, and to become less judgmental, to compare less, and time, please. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene. Okay, Barbara E., you're up, followed by Amanda B. Good morning, everyone. Well, 22 years ago, when I first came into OA, I was hopeless and dead emotionally. Obese, yes. Washcloths taped to my thighs. Isolated with two young children and still wondering if life was worth living. OA gave me hope. Members explained to me that I needed to work the steps. 22 years ago, I heard, take what you want and leave the rest. And I thought it meant I could skip steps 4 through 12 and give a lip service to 1, 2, and 3. How blind I was, if I knew then what I know now. On page 53, ahead of few days, Bill writes, some of our thinking was soft and mushy, and we just had to throw up our hands and say, we don't know. I confess I knew nothing, so I passed on a flawed message, and for that I am deeply sorry. Like the man in the chapter, acceptance is the answer. I, too, had my lens in backwards. In you, I hear and I recognize myself. I hear how your resentments, fears, anger, and ego held you back. And that was me. You saw right into my heart and soul. I finally had to accept my diagnosis. How could you all be wrong? I had to stop doubting God and accept that the God idea works. I have a disease from which I can recover. How lucky am I? This paragraph we just read on page 50 describes me. I too judged people harshly. I blamed others. I condemned others for their intolerance, seeing the ugliness in the world, and always catastrophizing. But when I pointed the finger at them, one finger was always pointing back at me. My sponsor pointed out I had to learn to accept the world and its people as they were and not to judge them harshly in order for me to feel better about myself. Selfishness and self-centeredness was indeed the root of my problems. I desperately needed a personality change in order to recover. My thoughts and motives did, did have to be cast aside. And what I hear on this line is your authenticity, your willingness, your humility, your love, and that you utilize action, lots of action, and that you have been transformed. And I believe you. What I learned is life is not an obstacle course. I can't go around it. I have to go through it with my head up high, no matter what life throws at me, with humility and gratitude. Time, please. So to, thank you. So today I pass on what I hope is the correct message to others in the hope they too may recover. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Amanda B., you're up, and then we'll open it up again.
Amanda B, star one. Okay, well, um, right. can you hear me? It's Amanda B. Yes, now we can. Oh, okay, great. Thanks so much. This is Amanda B. I'm a recovering compulsive eater. Um, what I really liked is this last line. You never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. And um, if I'm not here to give the spiritual side of life a fair hearing, uh, I, pr- I pretty much can leave because that's the answer to my problem. Um, if my problem was that I could control my food, then the answer would just be self-knowledge and a diet. Uh, if the problem was that I could control other people, or if I if I had trouble with other people and then I could control them, then that would work too. So I look at uh, the result of what I'm getting without a spiritual life. And then I have a real experiment that shows me um, the results of that. So I never really gave the spiritual life, the spiritual side of life, a fair hearing. Um, and to me, this kind of talking also about step two and step three. I was uh, I was in a program where I worked the tools and I, I in a way, and I worked the tools and I worked the tools and I stayed abstinent and I said, oh, this program doesn't work. And then I I stayed and then I um, I wasn't abstinent and I worked the steps. I worked the steps and then I said, oh, this pro- this program doesn't work. I never really gave the spiritual side of life up there hearing because I never stayed abstinent and worked the steps at the same time. So when I went ahead and went to go do that, all I had was skepticism that this is not going to work. And the reason it reminds me of step two and step three is all I need is that tiny bit of willingness to give it a go, try a new science experiment that says I'm going to work the steps, I'm going to stay abstinent, and I'm going to give the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. And if after that experiment all still is the same or worse, I can go back to the way of living I had. So um, I really love this. I'm here for giving the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. And I really know I don't have to be perfect or figure out even how that looks. I just have to be a little, have that little crack in the door um, that, to be open and willing to, to do it differently. Thanks so much. I pass. Thank you, Amanda. <clears throat> so if you're just joining us, we're on page 50, the first paragraph. Instead, we looked at the human defects. And who would like to share? Sally Ross Sally Larry K. Larry K. Melissa C. Melissa C. Anita B. Anita B. You can take a couple more. Erin. From Lynn. Erin. Yes, Erin. Marilyn T. Sandy S. And Sandy S. Okay, let's stop there. Aaron, what was the first initial of your last name? I'm sorry, it's M. Okay, thank you. Okay, so I have Sally A, Roz G, Larry K, Melissa C, Anita B, Aaron M, Marilyn T, and Sandy S. Go ahead, please, Sally A. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service to all of us. This is Sally A, recovered in New York, and um, I just really wanted to say that I'm finding more and more that everything that I say and do and am 
is filtered through these steps. And I am realizing even this paragraph, when we look at this paragraph, we looked at the human defects of these people. Um, most of what we're dealing with is our history, our, our, our feelings about the past, our resentments about the past, and the fear of the future. But we're not really good at staying in the now. And this is something that I have worked on very hard, staying in the now, the right now. So when we read this paragraph with the steps in mind and the idea that in step four and in step 10, we're constantly looking at the resentments of the past and the fear of the future, which we saw also in Bill's story when he talked about um, the wind um, on the mountain and he talked about um, in his past, what it was like in his past, and he had his prejudice and about the future, his fear about the future, and that's what is going on here. When we look at all the excuses, and that this paragraph is so many of the excuses of why we will not simply be open-minded to the possibility of something different, something different than what we're used to. Instead, we looked at the human defects of these people. We used their shortcomings. These are all excuses. While we were intolerant, you know, we, we ourselves are sensitive. And we're also um, angry when people are sensitive or insensitive toward us. But we ourselves are all these things that are being said here. We are as well. The reality and the beauty of the forest. The beauty is that people are different. That's the beauty of the forest to me. When I walk through the forest is that there's so many different plants and so many different trees. People are different. And even if they share the same religion, they have different perspectives on that religion. And so what we're being asked to do here in We Agnostic, we're asked to be open-minded and to just change the glasses that we're wearing, perhaps put on uh, glasses that are just um, a little softer and not so judgmental and, and a little more open-minded to what could be. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Okay, Roz G, you're up, followed by Larry Kay. Good morning. My name is Roz G, and I'm a compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. And... Um, my biggest intolerance of of people were especially if they were not the same religion I was. Um, I was in a a real independent fundamental kind of religious uh, atmosphere, and all of the, the the talking was against anybody that weren't like us. And so I developed uh, a sense of intolerance for anybody that wasn't like me, and that just um, was in addition to, as I grew up, you know, sitting in front of the TV with my mom or my grandmother and looking for all the flaws in any, in everybody. And, oh, it's just the arrogance of the, that way of acting and being, you know, really embarrasses me today. Because um, I know that uh, one of the first stories that, that was attractive to me and that was spoke of a lot in my early days of OA was acceptance was the answer and how he talked about how when he focused on the, 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 the defects or the, you know, the flaws of other people, he was actually criticizing God's handiwork. 
And the same thing goes for me. When I'm critical of others and I look for the flaws in other people, I'm criticizing what God made. And that is height of arrogance. And the truth is, is um, I go back and listen to special editions a lot. They help me a lot. Um, and a lot of the people who give those, at the, I mean, the, the ones that I've listened to, have so many different uh, belief systems, and they have helped me so much. And when the, my, the prejudice has dropped from my uh, way of thinking, um, I see beauty, as it says here. There's beautiful recovery in people um, if, of all different backgrounds. And today, I, I don't look at, at any, well, that's a lie, but if I, if I start to look at a flaw in somebody else, I'm immediately um, uh, admonished within myself, within my higher power because of my morning practice that that person, you know, I made that person and uh, look for the good in that person. Look for something positive about them and focus on that. So when I focus on the beauty, on the good, on the wisdom, on what that person can share with me, it's it's a lot a lot better. And even in the uh, the old religion that I used to practice, I try to focus on something that's good about them, something that I can I can live with, something that will help me in my daily walk. And that that I pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Roz. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Melissa C. Star one, Larry. Sorry, Katie. Okay, <laughs> um, there so you are. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Larry Kay recovered. Uh, set my timer here. Okay, there we go. So um, this is an interesting thing. We're talking about tolerance and intolerance. Um, I know a guy. We all know a guy, right? I know, I, I know a guy. I know a lady. And they speak with such passion about this recovery. And, and it's born of their experience. And um, it can come across pretty harsh at times. Because they have such passion, they, these, these, I'm thinking two people I have in mind. You, you have someone in your mind that does this. And they speak with such tremendous passion, and it could be harsh, and it could be disturbing at times. And yet my personal experience with these two individuals, and there's many more, but I'm thinking of two right now, there's a, there's a compassion. There's a compassion for human beings. They have an intolerance of death. They have an intolerance of living your life dying from this disease, and so they carry a very strong message, not born of know-it-allism and big-shotism. That's not my experience with them. They carry it because they were dying of this disease, and they, they have such compassion. I've experienced it personally for human beings. It comes across in their, the way they, they the way they interact with individuals. And yet, if you were to hear their message on a given day, if you came into this room and you heard on a given day that passion might come across as make you, it hits you right between the eyes. I know it hit me right between the eyes. And yet, as I get to know and think of this guy, what beautiful, 
uh, compassion he has for human beings. There's a love for human beings. You cannot hide it. He can't, he can't gloss over who he is. She can't gloss over who she is. It's all God's handiwork. And I see the beauty in them. And those are the people. So they, you know, call it an intolerance for death. Call it an intolerance for people dropping from this disease. Yes, they probably have an intolerance for that, but I never, ever see an intolerance for human beings. It would be more like parenting in a way. Bad analogy, but, you know, they catch people doing things right. They may have an intolerance for behavior, but they never, I have never experienced an intolerance for human beings. When I, when, um, when I experience someone with the same passion but I also experience an intolerance for not only the behavior, but also the human being. Then I, then I feel as though there may not be so much, I, I don't want necessarily what they have. It's not because, because I'm better than, no, no, no. I just, I know there's so much more. I remember what it was like to be both intolerant of the human being and intolerant of the behavior. And it just fell flat. So today, sometimes we disturb. And I'm going to disturb if I go over my time, Katie, so I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Anita B. Hi. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, when I look at um, start my timer, sorry, ways that I've been intolerant, you know, and closed-minded, um, I, 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 I smile because I always thought of myself as this, like, really liberal thinking and open-minded person, and yet I was so quick to classify, like, all religious people as being one particular way, you know, and I would zero in on um, how, for me, like, how different religious people in my life were imperfect. You know, if, if someone of a particular religion... If they identified themselves, you know, strongly as as members of a particular religion, and they weren't very friendly or nice to me, you know, then I was prejudiced. I would like, you know, then they're all bad. And I would, you know, I I have, you know, members of my family who practice religion in a particular way. And I would zero in, you know, one of my brothers didn't show up for me in the way that I believe he should have showed up for me you know, at a particular difficult period of my life. And so, therefore, the conclusion I made at that time was I want nothing to do with the religion that he represents. And and I would, you know, that wholesale condemnation, like, I think, like, what does that mean? I discredited and pushed away, like, in a broad stroke, all of the beliefs and all of the practices um, that that he practiced and that others practiced. And, you know, like I have this incredible eagle eye to, to zero in and find how people are not behaving perfectly. You know, people that believe in God, I would expect them to be perfect representatives of God. And when they failed, then I said things like, see, that's a scam. Their, their religion is a joke, you know, like, look at them, they, they believe. And, and, you know, I saw bigotry and elitism in other people, and I, in turn, was bigoted and acted elitist, you know, elitist towards them. And, you know, what I find interesting is that 
on the flip side, I was not willing to have wholesale condemnation towards food. Oh, no. That was, like, extreme and unrealistic. So, you know, you could say to me at that time, um, well, look at the foods that you're eating and what are their common ingredients, you know, and and maybe push those aside in a whole de- in a wholesale condom you know condemnation um, that I wasn't willing to do you know it was like when I flipped that around when I took for me my eagle eye which I think you know God gave me some gifts and put it in a useful way um, I could put the food down but to people and religion I'm best to approach them from like all things in moderation to see all of it as good. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Okay, thank you, Melissa. Anita B., you're up, followed by Aaron M. Hi, good morning. Anita B. here from New Jersey. Um, I love this chapter. I always love this chapter, but today the light bulb went off why. Um, you know, because I've always been a religious person. Uh, never thought I had a problem uh, believing in a God. But today, as I read this sentence, we never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. That's really who I was. I can't believe it. You know, when I started this program, I never thought I was a selfish person, but I am indeed most selfish. (laughs) So I never thought I didn't believe or give God a chance. But, you know, a long time ago, I was dealt some cards, you know, and I didn't like them, didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. And I'm realizing that that started this wall, this block of of believing and having trust in my higher power. But it took so much work to find that out. And I'm grateful today for the people, all, all of my fellows in a way, but especially for the people who stuck with me to get through this work to find that. You know, oftentimes I get to this work and I say, I'd just rather not do this heavy thinking. I just don't want to do it. Um, But I've been praying for the willingness. And um, I knew I had to share today because when I share, it makes all of this make more sense to me and helps me and motivates me to keep on working. So, um, you know, so many of the sayings that I said that I wasn't, I don't even know that I believed in them, I'm starting to believe. You know, so I'm going to keep coming back because it works if I work it. Thanks for letting me share, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Anita B. Okay, Erin M., you're up, followed by Marilyn T. Hi, it's Erin. I'm actually from Lynn. I say north of Boston, but I'm about 11 miles north of Boston in Lynn. Um, so, so this made me think of, I'm not sure if, if it's, if it's uh True, but 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 I re- recall I have anxiety and getting nervous. Uh, Bill W. had said that when um, he focused on Lois's character defects, that they grew and grew and became bigger. But when he focused on assets, on her assets, they grew and grew. And he saw, you know, um, he, he became more in love with her. And I did, used to do that to my husband. He's 30, he just turned 33 years sober, and we've been together over 20 years. But when we were together, I used to point out all of his faults. I corrected his English, and then one day he said to me, Aaron, why don't you get a list of paper and start writing all this stuff down? So that way when I do my fourth and fifth, you'll save me time and I'll have, it'll be all done. And it was like, whoa, that just hit me. I didn't, so I stopped doing that, and I realized that I was correcting his English because I thought it was a reflection on me that his English wasn't 
perfect. Uh, and then, um, you know, in uh, in program, I had a really fantastic sponsor a long time ago, and I was abstinent for five years with her. And and um, if I had if I complained about other people's defects, she used to say to me, um, or if someone annoyed me or something, she used to say, everyone, all of us have defects. Some there's a flapping out in the wind for everyone to see, and others are more quiet and hidden. Just be grateful that yours are not flapping out in the wind for everyone to see and that yours are more silent. It doesn't mean you're any better and doesn't mean you have any less. It's just that um, it's just uh, that theirs are more apparent. And uh, But I have developed over the years a, a real tolerance. You know, I think someone said love and, love and tolerance are our code um, in, in AA, um, which I go to too. And then um, I was just thinking too about, um, well, my brother brought a girl home and I said to my husband, I said, I just don't like Billy's girlfriend. I don't like her for this reason, that reason. Uh, I don't like the way she does this and that. And I think she's using my brother. And my husband said to me, well, Aaron, I guess you don't like Christine, so you probably shouldn't date her. And I said, oh, my goodness. That was such a great thing to say because now I use that all the time. Like my mom will say, you like your hair like that? I say, yeah, Mom, I, I like it. Maybe you shouldn't get your hair like that, cut like that if you don't like it. So, um, so I guess I'd just end with the part about the um, the spiritual side of life. And, the, you know, when I was in my deep and dark in my disease, um, and I am a low-gutter drunk, I mean low-gutter, right down to the end, and I hated light, and everything hurt because I was so, I'm so anorexic. I mean, I was 72 pounds, um, and, you know, now I'm in the 80s, and that's, like, huge for me. I wanted to be in the 60s. But anyway, I hated light, and it hurt my eyes, and I just I t- took bags from the grocery store, cut them up, and put them all over the windows, and then I put dark shades up over those, a blackout light, so no light would come in at all, and I would stay in there. And, um, and I did that for a long time. Finally, I took the bags down and came out, because I actually i am afraid of people, but I love nature, and I love animals. So um, anyway, my heart has was cold, and I felt like I couldn't love anything, but it's kind of like um, frostbite. Like, you're going through it as you... Time, please. Okay, and then uh, it's worth it in the long run. But I just, uh, I love the nature, and I just end with this. Is the, there's a saying that I love. It says, and into the woods I go to lose my mind and find my soul. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Okay, Marilyn T., followed by Sandy S. Thank you so much. Um, Marilyn T., grateful compulsive overeater in uh, Northern California. So it's really early right now for me. And um, I've never had problems sleeping, but lately I've had problems sleeping. Um, I think a lot of it is just um, after a a while I had lost my abstinence recently, um, I relapsed. And I'm starting all over again in this program the same way I did in January of 2018. So not that long ago, but I, the interesting thing is that I found this time because I'm really looking at why I did relapse, what caused this, and you know it 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 does really come down to um, losing. I don't know if that's losing, but it's that that spiritual experience, that spiritual awakening, um, and it does come down to being hypocritical. Um, not looking in the mirror, not taking care of my own side of the street, not helping my fellows and uplifting them, um, not but not being a people pleaser to them. Um, but we can have a spiritual experience and a spiritual awakening, and that's really what I see in that 
this paragraph that we read. Um, and then knowing really what the word prejudice in the um, big book means, that opinions are formed without due knowledge or examination, that there's a bias in it to cause someone to judge prematurely or irrationally. Uh, an irrational suspicion or hatred of a particular group, race, or religion. And then that reminds me of the on page um, 567, which is the Herbert Spencer um, uh, quote, which is, there is a principle in which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance, and that is principle is contempt prior to investigation. And in essence, it's when I close myself off from the sunlight of the spirit, when I close myself off from my higher power, when I close myself off from the love that is in the world and that I can give to it, then I am a very unhappy lot, just like it says in the big book. Um, I just can't live that way. And I have to daily, minute by minute, stay in my higher power's grace. I have to be the one who does not shut the door. I have to be the one who opens it. Um, and if I do that, I will be in entire abstinence, which I am now. Um, and I will be much happier. Um, I find some distress right now. My son's having a drug problem, um, a relapse. And it's interesting that I can be intolerant of him, but I could find it not because I wasn't looking in the mirror. And um, I love him. I love me. I hate our diseases. But Time that does not mean I can't find peace and resolution with all of you. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you. Okay, Sandy S., you're up. Hi, we'll this is Sandy one S. More person. Sandy S., recovered compulsive overeater from Asheville, North Carolina. This really applies to myself. Um, you know, constantly looking at my defects and using my defects as a wholesale basis, host for wholesale condemnation. Um, you know, really missing the reality of who I am, the beauty of who I am, because I'm definitely diverted by all my character defects. And if I had the power to be tolerant, to be kind, loving, and helpful to myself, like it talks about in the sick man's prayer, honestly, I do it right now. I am 72. What a waste of time to constantly be finding what's wrong with me. And I really need God's help for this. And I definitely need to give the spiritual side of life that they are hearing and just say, I am powerless over the fear and the self-criticism. And I really need to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to, to sanity, right size, really seeing for me the biggest defect of character, believe it or not, is not seeing God's gifts to me. Like what? What is right about Sandy? You know, I wish there was a part in the big book that didn't just do character defects, but really did what's beautiful and wonderful about me because 
I think that would help a long way in my defects. I'm going to start today. Uh, somebody gave me an assignment to look in the mirror and say, I am enough. And I can do that. And I just want to say I'm grateful for this problem in a sense. Food is not a problem for me today. And it was a huge problem in the past. A huge problem. And I'm grateful to really get to the root of what underlied my food problem. And I know each day I'm growing and getting healthier and more recovered because that's God's will for me. And I want to do God's will. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy. So we have four minutes left. We're on the top of page 50, the first paragraph. Who would like to share? We have time for one more person. Najia. Okay, go ahead. Hi, I'm Leslie. I'm a compulsive eater. Sorry, Leslie, someone else has already come in. Sorry. Go ahead, please, Nazia. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. And I'm a grateful recovering um, compulsive overeater. I'm so grateful that this is not a religious process or religious program. I'm grateful that this program calls me. I love to say, you know, this program circumcised the steps are the tools that call me to circumcision of the heart, the spiritual process. I've had religion, and religion has kept me or kept me in bondage. And um, when I was introduced to the steps and this beautiful way of life, I got a lot of freedom and um the steps brought me to a place where religion couldn't. It brought me to that place as I started to share where my heart got circumcised. Um, you know, I the steps um, brought me to a place of, of self-acceptance, acceptance of others, surrender, honesty, love, tolerance, patience, kindness. Um, I'm not saying religion can't do those things, but these programs cut away, you know, those hardened places in my heart. The food was um, the problem. The food was the solution. But that spiritual part of me, which diets could never address, the steps could. Religion couldn't address those parts of me either. So I'm grateful that this program calls me to a circumcision of the heart through working these steps and that um, I don't have to do a religious thing. And again, I have nothing against religion, nothing against religion at all. Just gratitude that it's not a religious program. It's a program where um, I get to be changed and transformed one day at a time, one step at a time. Living in 10, 11, and 12 um, just keeps that process of transformation going and going and going. I think there's an ever-ready battery out there that keeps going and going and going. 10, 11, and 12 just keeps it going and going and going. And I'm deeply grateful um, for the gift of desperation that keeps me needing, wanting, uh, and doing this program. I'll pass with that. 
Thank you so much. And thank you everyone who shared today and for helping to make this meeting possible. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, August 23rd, 2019, 7 a.m. meeting is 13,313. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lauren Ann please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Star one, Lauren. I am so sorry. Um, yep, I'm sorry. I'm coming up. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yep. I totally forgot that I was on on deck. And I'm bringing it up right now. Our book is, sorry. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do for each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.